0: It's episode 56 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Baseball Podcast, your weekly Milwaukee Brewers podcast. I'm Steve Garshinsky, and joining me today, again, are Ryan Topp and J.P. Breen. Hey, J.P., have you been getting the
1: uh, rain in, in South Bend that we've been getting here in Wisconsin? No, we haven't gotten too much. It's just been like 99% humidity for the, about a week and a half straight. No, he got um, the rain last year. Yeah, last year you got the flooding. So, I, Do you have any tips for folks around here?
2: The animals off two by two and build a boat.
1: Uh, no, my uh, my legitimate two people uh, can fit on that door. Uh, to look at your homeowner's insurance to see if you have uh drain backup coverage. He goes for something realistic for useful, yeah. And I would like to say, I am not a licensed insurance agent, and by no means am I offering any kind of legitimate uh advice. Well, so my parents sold but their... But that, uh, that helped in my own personal case. My parents
2: sold the, my childhood home this week. Uh-oh. Um, that I'd been in since, basically since I was like three years old. So I don't remember any place before it. Um, and they had a little bit of flooding right before they moved out of their old place. It's just a little bit of drain backup, but they never really have had flooding. It's been like a few times in what, 35 years or whatever. And of course, the new place that they got has now had flooding in the basement like three times in the last week.
0: So everybody, if you can, grab your bucket and head over to the Elder Tops home. Yes. to uh, On the west side of Madison. Yeah, help them bail them out. So yeah, good to know. Anyways. But legitimately, uh, we hope everybody is doing okay. Yeah, we hope we don't have too many people getting flooded around here. But uh, anyways, you can help fans find the podcast by rating and reviewing Milwaukee's Tailgate on Apple Podcasts. Hey, let's get some more reviews. We haven't had any in a while. Because we had a couple because of that. We, it's because we don't have any new listeners. Well, I think we peaked with JP as a, a know-it-all.
2: Yeah. So no, we're gonna get a ton of new listeners when the Brewers make the playoffs this fall. So that's gonna Speaking be awesome. A
1: know-it-all, I'm gonna show them my uh, stack of books over there, which they probably can't see.
2: Yeah, the listeners can't see this. That's that's, that's why I said I, that's why I said I was showing you. It's
0: great radio. <laughs>
2: very useful
0: <laughs> so, i've seen your
2: stack of books and it's impressive
0: so ignore that part and review us for what we actually talk about later on in the podcast uh we want listener questions so follow milwaukee's tailgate on twitter at tailgate. Email questions to milwaukees.tailgate at gmail.com or follow our Facebook page. You can also follow the three of us on Twitter, and you'll find that in our Milwaukee's Tailgate Twitter bio. And finally, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit patreon.com slash tailgate. Our ball-and-glove patrons receive the monthly Minor League Extra podcast, which is coming out soon. It's coming. This week, I think. Yeah.
2: We'll get together and do that. Yeah,
0: I'm leaving all the gear over here. So Yeah. You better be doing it soon. Milwaukee's tailgate is sponsored by carbon Four brewing from dragon flute to block party to fantasy factory IPA K four specializes in English style malt bombs and perfectly balanced hop grenades out now is carbon fours, October ale, their Oktoberfest style ale and also night call smoked Porter. And we have a new deal exclusively through Milwaukee's tailgate. Use the promo code M K E tailgate in the carbon four web store and receive 20% off your order. Also, Fantasy Factory IPA is now in cans, just in time to grab a six-pack and tailgate while the Brewers are making their push for the playoffs, which, are we feeling good about that?
2: I'm feeling cautiously optimistic.
0: If we had a website, are the Brewers in the playoffs, it would say in right now. Yeah, they're the number one uh, wildcard team. Yep. They passed it for us
2: because they won and the Cardinals lost today. Glory, hallelujah.
0: There you go. So, uh, you can find... uh, All of this at the brewery on Kinsman Boulevard or at your local retailer. As always, check out Carbon4.com for more information. Carbon 4 Beer Brilliance. Milwaukee's Tailgate is also sponsored in part by Sound Devices, a premier manufacturer of audio production gear, and they're located right here in Wisconsin. Sound Devices gear is used worldwide and is found on the set of Oscar Williams films and popular TV shows. And if you're looking to create a professional sounding podcast, check out the MixPre-3 and MixPre-6. For more information, visit sounddevices.com. So as Ryan uh, alluded to earlier, the Brewers are currently in the top wildcard position, beating uh, the Nationals on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking but, two of three from the taking Nationals. two of three from the Nationals, kind of a disappointing Saturday. They were up by three and they let it go.
2: Two, they're up three to one. Sure, when, when the no. rains came. It's been a real bad which thing was, this season. Which
0: was like that entire series, it seemed like, in Washington. Until Sunday afternoon, they didn't have any rain. But yeah, it otherwise... Was, it was
2: interesting. On Friday night, they let it just play out because they were desperate to try to finish that game up. It was and in, yeah, it
0: was in the bottom half of the night.
2: So Jeffress was dealing with a downpour, and it didn't look like he had great grip on the ball. I was kind of in and out.
0: Well, but- hold on. Okay. The rain affecting someone always looks like it's affecting... The team are cheering for more because I'm sure people watching the batters are thinking oh they don't have a great grip on the bat and it doesn't seem like they you know sure have the control they normally do so JP what do you think when it rains does it favor anybody
1: it depends depends on how much uh, extra grip enhancing material you might have to be able to help you through uh, pitching issues there you go do we think
0: uh, we advocate grip enhancing? We, yes, enhance that grip. Guys. Enhance
2: that grip. Well, I mean, seriously though, that's if I was a batter, I wouldn't want a pitcher who didn't know where the ball was going either. Because I mean, you know, one of the possibilities is my head.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest things about you know uh, what they call bullfrog or other grip enhancers, um, is most batters actually don't mind it because they actually would like the pitchers to have a better uh, grip of the baseball. So it's, it's just the fact that like nobody actually cares. The only thing that people tend to get offended by is like when it's obvious, which it's like kind of, uh, it's strange because they're like, we don't actually care, but you're making it obvious. And that just, well, that was that,
2: that Sunday night Red Sox Yankees game a few years back when like the ESPN cameras picked it up on who is it? Michael Pineda's arm. He had this yeah. big smear of what was obviously the that stuff they mix where they do the uh, pine tar and uh, suntan lotion.
1: Bullfrog. Yeah.
2: Is that what it's called? Bullfrog? Yeah. That's oh, what it's called. I didn't know that. I learned something new. Okay. The more you know. Uh, anyway, when that happened and like the Red Sox called him on it, but it was almost like they did it just because... They were worried that I don't, their fans were mad. I don't know mad. if you know this,
0: but there's a history between those two teams. Yeah, there's
2: a little bit of a history. But and like, they will
0: play those games on occasion. But just
2: because the ESPN announcers pointed it out, the Red Sox found out that the ESPN announcers have been pointing it out and basically felt obligated to blow the whistle on them. And then the Yankees retaliated by blowing the whistle on them about something else, like a game or two later.
0: Yeah, great story. So uh, anyways, the Brewers uh, made a couple acquisitions this week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, so the Brewers acquired uh, Xavier Cedeno first, mm-hmm. right, and then they went out and got Gio Gonzalez and Curtis Granderson basically right at the the deadline for what is it the waiver?
2: Well, it's the deadline. You can still make trades. A trade went through today.
0: Oh, but did? what was the deadline? That was the deadline. Up, is you just can't add them to the oh, postseason roster. Yep, got it. Okay. Yep.
2: Anybody they need to be on your forty by the end of the day on Friday to make the postseason roster. So
0: they made all the acquisitions they needed to. They can possibly put any of these guys on the postseason roster.
2: Right. They could still theoretically go and add somebody, but they just wouldn't be able to put them on the postseason roster.
0: So Sedeno wasn't a real surprise in the fact that they went out and just got a lefty reliever.
2: Right. And he's been kind of up and down, but he's had a fairly solid year this year and looks like a guy who can get lefties out. And the Brewers clearly trust him because they were already uh, on Saturday night trusting him to go after... Uh, Eaton and Harper with mm-hmm. whoever the two-hitter was sandwiched in the middle there. And so. it's always
0: crazy to see a relief pitcher who's been up and down.
2: Yes. Oh, that's, wait, that's, that's, every, that's, single that's, that's every single so relief pitcher. Yeah, ever,
0: he's yeah. just a guy. Uh, JP, uh, what do you think Cedeno does for the bullpen? Just
1: gives him an extra arm to run out there? I think it uh, signals the fact that maybe Patience within the organization is running a little bit thin with Dan Jennings. And going to get another option to battle lefties. I don't necessarily know if trotting him out immediately is a sign of trust in Cedeno or the fact that uh, they were like, thank God we have another lefty. Let's go to the, other well, they lefty. did end up using Jennings later. Well, because they had to. Well, yeah, they got it. Right?
2: Yeah. But I mean, they're going to use so many relievers this month. It's going to make people sick. I was actually watching a game this afternoon between the A's and uh, somebody, and the announcer, there was like three pitching changes within an inning, and the announcers like, "Well, we're going to get another pitcher now. Let's go to commercial."
0: We, I mean, we have gotten to the point where a lot of these games, I, the rain delays haven't helped, but just a regular game is moving at a much slower pace now. Well, like they're they're closer to a four hour pace now as opposed to what they were playing. Earlier well, and
2: it's season. managerial malpractice if a manager doesn't do this. Like, if you have the option to run a bunch of different relievers out there and mix and match and do all kinds of crazy things in a close game, if you don't do it, you're like not giving your team the chance to win that you should. So you're pretty much obligated to do it. And I'm fine with it. Like, win the games.
0: Wait, so they, they no longer have a secret formula that they had earlier in the season to use... Well, no, because a single reliever for more innings. Well, no, it used to be you would run. <laughs> well,
2: no, it used to be that they could, you know, call guys up and send them down. And that was how they would keep people fresh for the bullpen. Sure. Now they're just all there anyway. So
0: but they are playing more matchups as opposed to earlier in the season where they had more guys that they would let them go. Well, yeah, they full they innings
2: have freedom to just do that. It's, so, you know, it's part of the setup part of September baseball
0: I I mean JP is that a little bit of the you know the bullpen gets worn down a little bit and it's easier to just run guys out there for matchups compared to earlier in the season when they felt like guys were fresh and they could just pitch them for longer periods
1: yeah I think that could be part of it uh I I don't necessarily know if everybody's run down but part of the Brewers bullpen problem is that Coming into the year, right? When we did our, our preview, we were saying that like the pitching staff pretty much across the board was very volatile Um, and they could be really good. They could be really bad. Most likely they were going to be somewhere in the middle and we got the bullpen being largely lights out right away. And your Matt Albers of the world, Dan Jennings, even like those, those guys just started out out of the blocks so well that people kind of got it in their head that like, this is what the bullpen was. And they were to the point that it was like uh, a month and a half, maybe two months that they were that good, that they were able to uh, kind of implant that image and anything else just kind of seemed like backsliding. And I don't necessarily think it's that people are getting tired. I think it's just the fact that over the course of the season, you're seeing the good and bad that's in the vast majority of the relievers outside of maybe, you know, Hater and Jeffries uh, uh, accepted. And, well, and he, even a hater, we saw him give their their up bunk. four
2: this week. I mean, he he got crushed by the Reds in that game,
1: right? But I I don't mean in terms of like in a single game or in like two outings they could be bad. I mean, like most people, if they're good or bad, you know, yeah, maybe you do see it in like a game to game situation. But in general, you go through stretches, right? Right. Like you go through a couple. Couple months of a stretch where you're really good, and you go through a couple months of a stretch where you're just borderline unplayable. And we've seen that with Matt Albers, and we don't necessarily know if injuries are involved. Oh, Albers hasn't been
0: it. playable. Uh, calling him unplayable would be charitable.
1: Well, and what I don't know how much like injuries are involved, um, but we've started to see that with with Dan Jennings now. Or to the you know, we were talking earlier in the year like it was incredible that basically they got him from the Rays for nothing, and now people are saying, well, this is maybe why we got him from the Rays for nothing, like because he's somebody that the Rays were like, well, we can, we have internal guys who can, who can do the job maybe a little bit better. Um, so I, yeah, matchups are going to be a big deal in September, but I don't think it's anything more than what we would have seen anyway. Um, and I think the bullpen in general has just seen a lot of the volatility come to the fore at the last, uh, the latter part of the season. I'm, I i do not think it's anything to do with, with like people being fatigued because there's not too many pitchers in the Brewers bullpen that are, I would consider overworked. No, the only ones might be like Jeffress and he's actually been pitching well. So I don't, everybody else. I I think Jeffress,
2: they're treading on overworking him, but I think that's how he wants it. Well, you you want to talk
0: about that and you want to talk about Josh Hader and his usage, right? I mean, after there were complaints of him not being used, he's been used quite a bit in the past week.
2: I mean, he's on a pace for the season to pitch about 80 innings. Uh, and that's if they don't increase the usage a little bit. And that's also knowing that over the last few games, it's been a little bit low. That's probably slightly low. I would expect him to get health assumed at everything. 80 to
0: 85 innings, maybe even a little bit more. Which, I mean, I, you know, I want to say if we go back and, and look at what his pace was in like May at that point we were looking at a guy who was going to pitch like 90 some innings in the season. So I mean they pulled back on him. They did pull they, back a little bit. But they was, did it they did it a while ago. It was by like June they started to really Yeah, it was slow early, down the pace. early
2: June. I think it peaked out. I was kind of looking at it eyeballing it today and it was like June 2nd. He didn't pitch from June 2nd to June 9th and that was where the pace started to slow down. Was he yeah, at that point, on June 2nd, he was on pace to pitch almost exactly 100 innings for the season. And now it's more 80, which is, that's the normal reliever usage.
0: Well, but at the time, we weren't sure if this was a function of Josh Hader's going out and pitching a couple innings at a time.
2: Right, if and, they were and maybe whether, going to try to push the envelope yeah, and on whether it. whether
0: they were going to see if, you know, maybe that was a model that was sustainable. If a guy, you know, got up fewer times, would pitch more innings each time. But it looks like they're still gonna stick with around eighty innings being a, you know, well worked reliever for a season. But I
2: think that's also taking into account that they don't want to potentially not use him in the postseason. Sure. So if that becomes a question, like they're not gonna pull back on him at that point. So if you if he was at a hundred innings, if he was going to pitch a hundred innings in the regular season and then you were going to run him out potentially, you know, depending on what you were looking at in the postseason for another 10, 12, 15 or something. If you made a run in the playoffs, you'd be using him a lot.
0: So well, that, that would be the difference. It's a playoff run, the usage. You'll see a lot of those relief pitchers really get a spike in usage.
2: Yeah, you will. And Hader would be exactly the guy who's going to get a lot of use in the in the playoffs because with all the extra off days and things that you have built in, they can run him out there for like a three inning run. Give him the next night off then there's an sure. off day, and then he's available again.
0: So, but JP, do you have anything to add to the Hater discussion? Otherwise, we're going to get back to some of those acquisitions they made.
1: Yeah, two things. Number one, I don't. I'm not nearly as worried about his his inning count just because of the way he's been managed in terms of making sure that he gets rest. He's only gone on back to back days five times this year, um, which I'm not. And again, I'm not worried about his innings total because last year he threw. What did he throw? He threw. Um, Ninety nine point and two thirds innings. Um, so the fact that if he Though throws some even of that was as
2: a starter in the minors.
1: Sure. For, for part of the year. Right. That's what I'm saying. Part of that. He, he, was. Yeah. He threw he threw 20 he threw 12 starts. And then the vast majority of that was 35 times out of the bullpen. And if you're giving him regular rest. That to me isn't if, – if the innings total is a worry, it's not because of the innings. It's because of the frequency that those innings are, are coming back or like the, the how they're being uh, distributed. And they're being very, very careful in how they use them on back-to-back days. As I said, they've only used them on back-to-back days five times this year. And in, in August, it was only twice. Well, and the, accus- so-
2: the accusation has been they're being
1: too cautious with him, which I just – again – I, I think that's there's a just certain- because people are upset that sometimes bad things happen. Like you, you can't be in a situation in which people were upset that they were using him, you know, not enough. And now they're being too cautious. But then in the middle of the year, people were worried that, you know, he, they were uh, his velocity was decreasing a little bit. And it looked like he might have been injured in one day. Uh, but then if he starts being amped up and he has an arm injury or he starts to become less effective and people complain about that, like they're complaining in, in my view. People who are complaining about the lack of usage for Hader are upset about something that could be better without understanding that there's probably a reason they're not doing it. And it's not because that the team is stupid.
0: Well, it also becomes more obvious that they're not using Josh Hader when the guys you bring in are not as good as Josh Hader. Which is is
1: everyone, right?
0: Not earlier in the season. Right, early could, in the you season, you get
2: away with putting. You're right. You could put get away with Dan Jennings or Matt Albers in that situation because they were getting they were shutting the outs.
0: teams. Yeah, they were shutting teams down as well. So you know, I think it's just you have a lot larger gap between
1: Hader and Jeffress, and then the next group of guys. Right. Um, uh, I just think it tends to be it's it's arguing from something that's completely unverifiable by saying the fact that there's no reason they can use him more. They can't use him more frequently, um, and the reason. You can never just prove that right unless you were able to actually talk to the brewers organization to know why they're doing what they're doing. But all evidence suggests that uh, the team uses data and has uh, specific plans for specific relievers for specific reasons. And to be able to say maybe and I think a better question would be, you know, maybe I uh, did. Somebody could have a conversation with with uh, counsel. I don't know if they would ask him this in the press conference, but say you have been careful with Josh Hader and ask for why instead of just say, can you explain his usage patterns? They actually did that say, today. Is there a
2: reason. In the pregame, he actually talked about why Hader wasn't used last night, and he went through all but, that. Get, and he explained was, that he was, was asked why they did it and...
1: Right. But why he wasn't for that specific game. I'm talking about why is this a season long plan to be able to give him consistent rest? And well, what is it about Josh Hader as a pitcher that makes you think that that's the best way to use? him?
2: Well, and Craig Council took it that direction. He went much bigger than just why we didn't use him yesterday. It was it, He was talking about that, that our responsibility here is to keep him healthy and to keep him going and to use him wisely you know
1: right but again right that's not actually saying why using him differently would be dangerous right it's just hinting to the fact that they have a reason why they're not doing it but they're not saying it and i'm not saying they should right like that you shouldn't if there's an arm injury if there are questions about it if there's a strategic you know issues in terms of all of like you don't want the team airing dirty laundry out in front of everybody but the fact that I mean, yeah, we've been saying it like they're trying to use him wisely. They're trying to protect him. They're trying to do all of these things. And we know that, but we don't know what it is about. Is it just that he's young? Is it that he doesn't bounce back? Well, is it that he doesn't like warm up very you know, consistently? Like, is it because they're thinking about doing something different with him next year? Not necessarily starting, but maybe something different. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons why you could have to use him wisely or protect him in some way. And I'm saying that like, that would be a really interesting conversation because without that, you can argue against it all day.
2: Yeah, just looking at the Fangraph's leaderboards too, you can see in terms of innings pitched for relievers in the National League, uh, he is, he's currently fourth. And the only people ahead of him are Haters at 67 innings, Jordan Hicks has you know one-third of an inning more, TJ McFarland for the Diamondbacks is a little bit more, and Gesellman for the Mets is at 71.2. So he's basically at the very edge of what is being done in the National League? There's some stuff in the American League with uh, guys going because of them using the opener, where you have oh, some sure. relievers, technically relievers, who have more innings. But
0: yeah. Well, and Hicks and uh, Selman are both examples of guys who um, were starting pitchers. Well, and Hader was in the minors, too. That's what I'm saying. They're yeah. all guys, you know, all the guys that you pointed out as having higher usage are all guys who have been starters recently. You and know, they're either coming up through the minors and basically are being broken in as, as relief pitchers or whatever's going on. So, um, yeah, I, it's just interesting. And the, the only one who's
2: really actually being used in the same way, because if you look at the games, Selman is at 59 games and Hicks is at 63. Man, that guy's a poor arm. Uh, whereas Hater is at only 45 games total and McFarland's at 43. So the, the D-backs are actually using McFarland in the same way the Brewers are using Hater.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But other than that, these other two guys are being... Probably run ragged, so. Um,
0: Okay, so we had the Sedano acquisition. Uh, Then the Brewers went out and got Gio Gonzalez. Uh, They gave up KJ Harrison and Gilbert Lara for that. So there were a couple names I think that people recognized, even if uh, they weren't the most highly valued names in the system right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, Harrison's having a really down year. And I think we're getting to the point where we can say he's probably not ever going to be a big league catcher on a regular basis because that was always the thing. The Brewers were drafting him out of Oregon state and he didn't even catch a lot at Oregon state because they had a better defensive catcher there. But I think we're getting to the point where we can basically say, I mean, how much
1: has he even played catcher this year, JP? It's been very, I don't don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would suggest maybe, maybe once a week. Yeah. It's been really minimal from what I've just
2: going from memory from what I've seen in box scores. It's almost nothing. So, And he's also had a bad season with the Bat, too. Um, And then Gilbert Lara has shown some glimpses of potentially not being completely useless. I hate to say it that way, but, like, he's shown glimpses this year for the first time in a while. But he's now a 20-year-old in Class A for the third straight year. So, you know, you have to draw your own conclusions from, you know... How much of those, you know, decent but hardly eye popping numbers actually mean. So,
0: yeah. So, uh, JP, what do you think Gio Gonzalez is going to add to this pitching staff? Because right now we don't know if he's going to be a
1: starter full time or if he's going to be a bullpen arm or how the Brewers plan to use him. Yeah, he could do a lot of different things. Uh, One of the more intriguing options is potentially using him as a left handed you know, kind of a left-handed specialist because he's actually been very, very good against lefties this year. Um, His biggest issue has always been throwing strikes, but his walk rate is below two per nine inning two, two per nine um, against lefties this year. And so whether or not they're feeling that that's an option that they can go with, that'll be interesting to see. I still think he has something in him as a starter um, just in terms of, kind of his overall profile he's still missing bats this year not at a super high rate but still about career average he's still his repertoire is still rather well-rounded it could just be kind of a cole hamill situation in which he just needs a a different well
0: okay pull it back a a, little bit there (laughs) pull it back a little bit there we don't want to say that and people get a little little overexcited
1: well i'm not i don't know if you've seen what cole hamill's has done I, I don't like to talk about you, it. I can promise you, I have not. Other than the fact that uh, <laughs> he's there actually are been Cubs better than Wade Miley. Fans. Well, I know that. That's why mm-hmm. I I mentioned uh, Cole Hamill. I don't know what his ERA is now. Like, but under other one than the since he joined comparison the Cubs, to Wade it's Miley, like a week ago. Yeah. Um. um the other thing with Hamill's,
2: my brother was telling me this. Apparently no, no, apparently no, no, We don't want to v- talk about Hamill. His velo spiked a little bit before he got traded. I don't think that happened with Gio. If I know it didn't, because I looked at the sure. numbers. So, anyways, I yeah, don't I mean, care about velo
1: spikes.
0: It'll be interesting to see if maybe uh, um, Geo gets starts during the season and then hopefully in a playoff run, they get to use
1: them out of the bullpen. You think that would be likely? I think it'd be, I think it'd be really interesting. It's, it's going to depend on who can lock down uh, one of the starters. I know we've got questions about it, but uh, in, in terms of if they go down to three or four starters, I think he could be really dynamic. Uh, bullpen piece. Maybe the, the question is always going to be how quickly can he get ready? Can he be used on back to back days? How long are they going to go? How is his arm going to react to pitching, you know, in, in a short, like those are just questions that we don't know at this point, but I think about, (laughs) I, the, the, the part that gives me a little bit of caution is like the way I thought Willie Peralta could transition to being a reliever. And that was not necessarily the best thing in the world, (laughs) but, um, if you look at what Gio's done this year against lefties, he's been dynamite. So, thinking of trying to project that to the bullpen, if everything else can go well and he can transition, that's an interesting role. But the question is always going to be is it a change of scenery uh, that could help him? Is it, you know, kind of getting out of a place that he had been in a long time? Uh, in a long period of time. And he's with a new pitching coach who tells him something different. It just somehow clicks like all of those intangible things that we don't know can kind of go up in the air. But the one thing that like statistically stands out is his ability against lefties this year, even in a down
2: year. Um, I wonder if he could potentially be a guy along with Woodruff who we saw go four really good innings on Sunday. To be a guy that you could use as a second starter, like almost a piggyback starter, now that we're in September and you have a billion and a half pitchers that you can call on and play this game with. Well, yeah,
0: that was like right away. Anderson on uh, Saturday. What do you want, five innings? And I think they yanked him. He was at like 80 pitches or something like that. Yeah,
2: they were quick on the hook because they could be. And that's, yeah, that's the way it, it
0: needs to be. It's not the
2: most entertaining thing in the world but it's hey you know what if
0: the pitching changes are made you know at the end of an inning (laughs) you're okay with that i can deal with it well i mean but it's just a different piece of laundry out there
2: if Gonzalez could be a guy who you could bring in targeted like we want him to face this part of the lineup he looks good against them you let it go a little bit longer he gets through that part of the lineup again and maybe loops back and catches that same part you were targeting a second time and you get three to four innings out of him that could be incredibly valuable for them in September and even into October if they choose to, you know, pick him as one make of the Make the playoffs? Oh. Well, yeah.
0: Because
2: <laughs> it's their choice, right? I'm taking that for granted, Steve.
0: So uh, I guess the, the surprise acquisition, we kind of saw it start to buzz right around that that deadline that they had to make.
2: Yeah, It was kind of wild.
0: It was, it was a little surprising. The uh, Brewers ended up acquiring Curtis Granderson. Yeah. Um, a lefty bat you see who you,
2: did who did they give up for him steve
0: yeah you were asking me that you're like how do you pronounce that are you gonna pronounce it and you haven't listened to the minor league podcast so you didn't hear this whole thing i, I well every time i see it i always think it's demi royalty because i always think of the nirvana song <laughs> <laughs> jp
2: is laughing but i don't think he gets it you're, you're too young he is not too young for nirvana do you know do you, are you getting the joke
1: I'm getting the joke. I just was not. It was fine. <laughs>
2: I Sorry. Was, I, I like I,
1: it on I, average. I, I, I don't know how to respond. But yes, I got it. It's, yeah.
0: So I always say Demi Royalty whenever I read it because I never listen to it. So oh, how do you pronounce the last name? Oh, I have no idea. JP we, we,
2: G- <laughs> and I did The way thing. you said that.
0: Yeah, I thought you were going to like ambush no, me. No, on, because on it was the-
2: totally. It's Demi
0: Demi Rimaloy. Rimoloi. There you go. Demi Oremoloy. So uh, who was... He had some heat on him as a prospect initially when he was drafted. There were a lot of people that really interested to be He was going to was be a raw, but people wanted to see if he could kind of get it together. And it really has never come together. He's kind of had moments.
2: Yeah, he was a late-to-baseball guy. Uh Didn't play, I believe, until he was 14 or 15. He emigrated from, I believe, Nigeria to Canada. So he's going back to the Jays. So they're bringing back the Canadians. And he... uh yeah, he was a it guy pa- that it
0: pained Gordash.
2: People, <laughs> he probably did. We wondered, and it, actually, this is a good one because I think Gordash like goes to all the Blue Jays games, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was the one banging the drum to get Granderson here. Um, but yeah, I mean, Demi a guy who could potentially still turn into something, but it's it hasn't. It hasn't. Sure, clicked yet. I guess
0: the question is for people is. How's Granderson going to be used? Because that was just the surprise acquisition. Like
1: nobody looked at the outfield
0: and said they don't have guys.
1: This could be a couple of different things. I think it could be a, a reaction to the fact that Eric Thames has struggled a little bit and giving them another lefty option that they can put in right field. Um, it could be something in which they could get two lefties in at first base and right field if they wanted to give Jesus Aguilar a day off, which is exactly uh, what they did on Sunday.
2: They moved Thames to first and put Granderson in right.
1: And Granderson against righties this year has about an eight hundred OPS. Right. I mean he's been but he's unplayable against lefties. And that and has been for a while.
2: The second the Nationals yanked him, I, I mentioned this on Twitter today. The second the Nationals put a lefty in, Granderson was out, uh Hernan Perez was in, and I kind of mentioned at that point. With a September roster, this is what you can do. They can just like Granderson will not see a lefty in any meaningful at bat this month. Like there is just no reason for that to happen. There's so many different options they can go to that. There's just no reason for that to ever happen.
0: Yeah. So now the Brewers are seven and three in their last 10 games. They're a half game up in the wild card. Uh teams are battling. Cubs are eight and two in the last ten. Cardinals well, are seven sh- seven and three in the last the- ten. I was
1: gonna say we should note with the Gio Gonzalez trade, the Brewers also got some much needed international cap money coming back. That's right. Oh yeah. I f- did forget to note that. No, yeah. I mean I, I didn't say that. I, hold on, Ryan didn't put that in the
0: note. We we had talked about that. Earlier. It's in the notes. Damn it. Look at that. Oh there it is. 250K. Yeah.
1: But you didn't it, but I you I'm say that because some people were uh annoyed. I suppose thinking that the price was a little bit lofty in terms of uh, acquiring geo for somebody that was a top 30 prospect in KJ Harrison. And um, my thoughts on that just to round it out because I got multiple uh, comments on on Twitter about it. So I, I should just round this out. Um, top 30 prospects are snapshots in time. And I, I think that it's fair to say that KJ Harrison would not have been on the top 30 list um next year uh i i perhaps he's he has some things that can help him turn it around but i will say from things i've heard this year uh scouting reports on um harrison Lara, orimoloy i don't know anything about brian connell or, or johan dominguez but uh in terms of harrison Lara, and orimoloy their their scouting reports have not been good this year so if that helps anything and and two hundred fifty thousand dollars, if they're getting that in international money, I would suggest that they have something that they want to use for it. That's, that's what I was saying to
2: Steve do. before we started was if they're adding that they're probably not doing that for no reason. So
0: and I didn't disagree with you on that. So um, anyways, as I was saying, battling the Cubs, Cardinals eight and two, seven and three. So obviously teams in division, the Cubs are, haven't are lost a well. series in a month. Well, you know, the Cubs were supposed to be good, so they were seeing good. a good team play well isn't a shock. Right. I mean, you know, they're fine. Everybody thought the Cubs were going to be a dynasty, and you know what? They're they're fine. Yeah, they're, it's true. Nobody looks at the Cubs and says they're so much better than everybody else, but everybody also said the Cubs are the best team in the Central, and they're showing that they are, so that's not crazy. Uh, Cardinals are 7-3, and three, so they keep winning. Dodgers, actually, I think the Dodgers uh, just jumped the Rockies in the standings. So they're in the lead in the West now. You mean They've, the Diamondbacks? Diamondbacks, or, yeah.
2: The Rockies yeah. are behind
0: both. Oh, well, the Diamondbacks fell behind the Rockies in the wildcard standings. Nice. So, yeah, they're way back. Uh, and, yeah, the Diamondbacks are four and six. Uh, I guess they jumped to five and no, three and seven in their last 10. Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at the updated standings right at the moment.
1: So, uh, yeah, those are kind of the teams that they're, they're battling right now. Um, I Steve think was efforting through that. I think that's the journalistic term now as he was efforting.
0: Well, you guys kept on interrupting on it. And like I said, I, I had actually looked at this earlier, and it changed since I yeah, the, looked at that because the offering, final. that Dodgers to, game if, ended. If,
1: yeah. if you need me to interrupt more and offer some different uh, kind of talking points, I'm able to do that to throw you off your, uh, your game uh sure yeah it's always great <laughs> so i
0: mean it's basically they're battling a couple teams in the west uh tr- basically the brewers and the cardinals are trying to keep out a couple of teams from the west um i uh, i guess don't completely, what's the temperature
2: don't completely write off the second place team in the nl east either because they're what's hanging the around phillies? i mean the, the phillies, phillies at the moment but i mean it could be the braves too the phillies the are the three and a half back at oh the moment. they're from the wild card yes oh wow okay well it's yeah it's gonna be tougher for them they've had a bad week so
0: i mean do you want me to talk about the phillies
2: no i think you're right it's mostly between the the teams in the west and the teams in the central yeah
0: so i I mean i guess taking the temperature if we go back and listen to our our first bunch of podcasts we used to do that we used to kind of ask you know how you feeling about the playoff odds right now That was, it was a recurring segment we had.
2: Right, at the, yes, during last year's run.
0: So I guess we have, we'll call it a month left. How are we, what do we think of this? Are the Brewers in a good spot? Are we happy with this right now?
2: I mean, if you had told me before the season started that on you know the beginning of September on Labor Day weekend, they would be, what, two and a half games up on a playoff spot? Is where they're at, two games up on a playoff spot? I would have been,
1: happily take that. So if you if you had to guess right now right I, like and if you've seen this you, you'll just get it right and congratulations uh, what is the percentage chance that the Brewers make the playoffs which includes wild card spots what's according their what's their who? playoff percentage right now according to who according to according to Baseball Prospectus the only um, the only one that matters
2: well I haven't looked at Prospectus lately I've looked at FanGraphs uh, wow well, I'm that I'm was, in the, was in the it was in it was in the sixties. Last I'm I saw. suggesting there is only one that matters. <laughs> I will say sixty-two point one percent,
1: JP, to Steve? make the playoffs. I'll 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 go sixty-three. Nah, Steve, with the good old Prices Right win, that's, it's seventy-two percent, which a, is higher than I expected. A dick move. <laughs> hey,
0: that that's the advantage there when you get to go second.
1: 70 to 72%, 72 percent. Yeah. I mean, I mean and so it has the Phillies right now. have the Phillies they looked, right now are
0: at 26.2%. Hold on. Have they looked at their schedule? Or are they just kind of doing some funky math there? Because, I mean, you got a couple of Cubs series here coming up. This, this next couple of weeks is not going to be fun.
1: No, but it's based off of basically simulating the rest of their season. Sure.
0: But right, I, so like I said, it's not going to be fun because they, they go three against the Cubs starting Monday on Labor Day. And then the following week they got through against the Cubs as well. Um, after they play San Francisco at the end of the week. But the it's, rest of their
2: schedule, besides one series against the Cardinals in St. Louis, you know what? I don't like this, it's really soft. They
0: have two series against Pittsburgh, which I don't like it when they play Pittsburgh at all because it's just always terrible. And they still have a St. Louis series that they gotta play.
2: Yeah. They also have, I think, the Giants, who are fully in packed in mode, and the uh Tigers, who the Tigers, that's that's interesting for the very last se- uh, series of the year. They're going to be playing the Tigers at Miller Park.
0: That is really weird.
2: Well, I mean, somebody has to play in league at every time.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm i not yeah. arguing that it can happen. I'm just saying it is. It's that old AL East rivalry,
2: man. Old AL well, the East. Cu-
1: the Cubs and the Cardinals kind of coming up right after the second Cubs series. It's shaping up to be a an emotionally healthy September, I would say. I th- I'd say hellish. I know <laughs> it's going to be hell. I know that's your, really out, that's your outlook that's your outlook on most things though right? like an opportunity it, because I'm thinking of I'm thinking of bullpens that's emotionally hellish oh Jesus Joe Madden versus an expanded roster Craig Council I mean
0: Madden was going all over the place when they played him earlier. I but I've, now I've Council has the ability. Off For Labor Day
2: tomorrow? I've already blocked off like four solid hours to watch that game.
0: These are gonna be like cricket matches. <laughs> we need to lay out
2: <laughs> there our blanket be, be served. We, we need like, to lay out, six, out our blankets
0: on the hill and prepare for an eight hour day watching baseball, apparently. We're just gonna start calling them test matches, Steve. I guess. I mean it it is. I at least well, Cincinnati's not great. Those are the games that start earlier uh, in the day. But um yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch these games. And like I said, it's going to be tough. People are going to be wound tight when they're playing Chicago. Because th- this Absolutely. is their chance. If they want to win the division, you have six games against Chicago coming up. And that's where you can make up the, uh, basically the, the difference. So, well, I, I hate to break in here. But apparently, as we're
2: talking, um, <laughs> Mike Sosha is giving a nice little uh, send-off to uh, baseball if this is, in fact, his last season, he's apparently shredding uh, Shohei Otani's arm on live national TV. Okay. It's, uh, it's ugly. <laughs> it's really Why? How many pitches is he is It's he not that. It's that uh, he's out there and his velocity has dropped just precipitously throughout the outing. Okay. He is just absolutely not there.
0: Sure. Uh, thanks for that one. So, um, anyways, thoughts on playing the Cubs six
1: times the next two weeks? I, I mean, for, from my point of view, as somebody who has not necessarily been able to pay attention to the Brewers as much as I would like over the past month, um, maybe it's been better off for me. I don't know. But I actually, to every single time I go onto Twitter or I, or I like read something in the Journal Sentinel or whatever it is, to, to go and actually look at their record in August. Because... You would think that this team has just been terrible, right? In free and, fall, I mean, because there, I, I haven't seen anybody that like really feels good about the team right now. I think there are there are some good stories. I think people right now are absolutely all in on Yelich. They're all in on a lot of guys, but in terms of the team as a whole, and maybe it's just because of the bullpen. But I feel like it's the fact that it's the the starting pitching that has consistently been in flux, and a lot of kind of really really frustrating things of seeing the same people struggle again and again over the past month but they've still been able to overcome it at times and so having that kind of undercurrent of having that undercurrent of kind of frustration and adding the cubs into that mix if it doesn't go well there's going to be some uh some anger oh god yeah it's people are
2: already really pissed off and i Somebody suggested to me on Twitter that it's probably has something to do with, since the All-Star break, their run differential is really bad, which is being driven by, like, four games where they got absolutely housed. And they haven't really had too many games where they won by a bunch.
0: No, every game, you're watching the end of the game and thinking, can they pull this one out? Because they just don't seem to have those big wins in them at the moment. Or even when they seem to be up, the bullpen starts to give some runs back.
2: Right, and they have, you know, a game against the Dodgers where they
0: gave up 24
2: runs. And they've had, they've had a couple games where they were giving th- they up. They had to like, win
0: 13 to 12 against the Reds.
2: Well, but even they also had a game against the Reds where they lost like 10 to. But I'm saying normally when a
0: team scores 13 runs, you're thinking, oh, this should be comfortable. Yeah, you would think. But so um, we got a Patreon question from Jason Spitz. He asks, uh, in the recent six trades uh, the Brewers made, is there anyone you're really bummed about them trading away?
2: I, mean, I wouldn't say I'm bummed, but I think the the biggest piece that could potentially come back and have a very nice big league career from that would be uh, Brett Phillips. You know, I still think Brett Phillips has a has a real shot at having a, an impactful big league career,
0: even though he's been terrible. I mean, that's fine. He continues to be terrible anytime he gets a chance to. Well, he was good last
1: Okay, jorge lopez threw a gem today i just saw that who'd also been
2: it's yeah it's a it's a personal
1: terrible most I, of the time i love jorge
0: but um i want him to do well but jorge lopez always looked like he was throwing batting practice up there
2: he had a pretty decent year with the brewers this year when he got chances
0: no he didn't so uh jp anybody that uh you're you're disappointed to see that was on the move
1: anybody you wanted to see hang around i think that A lot of the guys that the brewers got rid of this year were you know if you were putting trending arrows next to their name i'm almost every single one of them got rid of had a down arrow next to their name other than gene carmona and i think he's the guy that you know obviously i liked quite a bit um not somebody that i saw being a you know a a perennial all-star or something like that right because and this is something else i saw on 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 twitter and i think it's worth kind of mentioning that there are differences between guys you like and guys that you project to be excellent right like there are guys that you just enjoy following or guys that you kind of just become attached to because they have a good game or something or if you saw them with the timber rattlers once and they just put up a gem like you just are a little bit more attached to those people and you can be sad about guys being traded without like thinking it's the worst thing in the world Um, but yeah Gene Carmona is the guy I think that has the. Maybe Luis Ortiz is probably the the prospect that was the best in terms of like rating and things like that. But Gene Carmona, I think, is the highest upside guy that they got rid of. Aside from a couple of guys, you know, like the uh, maybe Brian, maybe Brian like is good. Maybe Wilbur Perez is somebody throwing ninety nine miles an hour, and I just have no idea. But um, guys <laughs> down in the DSL, right? I mean, that's that's everything that we were hearing about when Freddie Peralta came in the Adam Lind deal, right? It yeah. was we got three guys in the DSL. I was like, I I don't know anything about them. Who knows? Um, you'll see that kind of come in the next couple of years as well. I doubt it, but. Yeah. Uh, so. By the way, Jorge Lopez this year
2: with the Brewers, 19. Point, uh, and 19 and two thirds innings, 275 ERA. So. I yeah. still didn't like him. I thought I he looked bad. He walked a lot of guys.
0: I thought he looked bad. And he just looked like he a walked gas a lot of guys. Every time he was up there. Yeah, I didn't want to see him. So, uh, Darren Jones has another Patreon question. Seems like this season has some really extreme highs and lows. What are your most memorable games or moments, both joyous and painful, thus far?
2: I mean, a recency bias, but my God, that Reds game. That just the emotional swings back and forth and just the nonsense of that game. And combine that with the fact that Christian Yelich is getting for the cycle of going six for six and like everything that weird can happen. That was the game. Josh Hader gave up four runs, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, they, they managed to keep coming back and then the way they won, it'll go up there with what the game against the Rockies, I guess that went 16 innings.
0: Okay. I don't where know.
2: they won? I where they in the sixteenth? They top of the sixteenth, they gave up two, and then they scored three in the bottom.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think my favorite game this year was uh, I don't even remember who were they playing when Thames hit the three run homer for the win. That was a while ago. Oh yeah, it was the Dodgers. Was it was it, right yeah. out of the break. It was yep. an early early Dodgers series. It was before that because they played them again later in the season. So, uh, JP, do you have one that sticks out for you?
1: Yeah, I have two. Cam um, Broxton's game winning catch again. the the twins in which he robbed the Homer. That was awesome. That was Um, great. And one that doesn't, I don't remember who it was against, but um, maybe some people won't even remember this, but there was a play at first base that Jesus Aguilar made. That was one of the most incredible plays I've seen from a first baseman in which he caught a, he basically had to completely change his footwork, reached back across his body, caught the uh, ball yeah. as he was running with his bare hand and managed to still hit the base with his foot to be able to go. It was an incredibly athletic play, and it was at a key moment in the game too. And Again, I can't remember for the life of me who it was against, but I remember seeing that play. Oh, and uh Kane's play in which he got caught in the rundown and then pointed at somebody to go to second base and run back. Oh, yeah, against the Cubs. That, yeah, that was awesome. Too. Yes, that, I yes, think everybody that was a great that. like individual play. That one stands out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, We got a question from Bill Walchak He asks, uh, will the Brewers call up Their whole 40 man roster I think it's already at 36 Assuming they bring back Peralta and Taylor Williams So I
2: was looking at this yesterday And it, I would say that there's no way They're bringing up Marcos Diplon He's in double A Not doing particularly well He's not going to be coming up He's on the 40 And the other one and uh, Shout out to Kyle From Crew Ball for pointing this out to me. Um, Mauricio Dubon is currently on the 40 man and we'll need to not be put on the 60 man because if he goes on the 60 or sorry, the 60 day DL, you could clear a spot for him to bring somebody else in, but then you have to start his service clock guys on the 60 day. Apparently the service clock starts, so they won't be doing that. So those two Obviously, because Dubon's out for the year with the ACL reconstruction.
0: Other than that, I think it's fair game to get to 38. So 38 of 40. What do you think, JP? That that that. yeah, math I think zone, that's about
1: right. That I was just, just trying to zone? catch up on all of the. <laughs> it's hard all of the moves because I was like, well, Ariel Hernandez was around and he got designated for assignment. Uh, Nick Franklin was on a is on a rehab assignment with Carolina Mudcats. Uh, and the Milwaukee Brewers signed Emilio Bonifacio to a minor league contract on the 31st. He's bona fide. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, an absolute blast from the past. I hope he comes up. Dude, I saw that Quentin Barry went away, and that was pretty upsetting. Yeah, you know where he ended up. If I, my memory serves, he ended up on the Cubs, yeah. Designated. They need
2: a pinch run specialist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's going to be Broxton. So
0: Broxton's a- or, Emilio bon- or Emilio Bonifacio. Yeah, bona fide.
2: Bonafide or Bonifacio?
0: Do we know how many seats they have on the bench in the dugout?
2: No, or or do they
0: then have to send some guys to sit up on the rail? I've been
2: in the auxiliary locker room before, and it is a closet. Like I was gonna, that little say. Hey, you know what?
0: The guys who are in there are happy to be in the show, so I don't think. Dude, they're they're
2: pulling. They're pulling down. Yeah, those game checks. That's serious cash. If
1: anybody hits a people who hit a uh, people who hit a home run. Gauntlet in the dugout is going to be super long. It's going to take forever. That's going to slow down games. Hit a lot of home runs, and we're going to have really
0: slow games because of the, the everybody's game going to have out. to run through. So, um, okay. So we got a question from the Brew Crew Review, Milwaukee's Brewer Podcast. We're <laughs> get, we're going to answer competing podcast questions. So they better not steal our answer. I guess right? No. Okay. We have copyright in, uh, on on this. I think so. I think whatever answer we give, they can no longer use. Those words. We, should, yeah, give
1: they, we should give three different possible answers. We should it's, give every possible answer. It's
0: intellectual property and we own it. So uh, did Stearns do enough to help this team make the playoffs? Yes. Yeah.
2: Hell, he did enough to help this team make the
1: playoffs in, <laughs> back in back in the winter. Even if you look at the postseason odds, there's 72% making the playoffs in early September. So yeah, he did enough to be able to go through and I uh, projected them to be at 84 wins, but maybe that's just because I'm a moron. But if they're being able to go from a place in which I thought they were going to be roughly 500 or, but to potentially being an 89, 90 win team, David serves for that. He doesn't deserve a lot of, you know, a, a lot of criticism for a, like a starting pitcher he could have randomly gotten that wasn't available.
0: Yeah. I mean, Ryan, is there a starting pitcher that you wanted to see him get, or is there somebody he maybe missed out on?
2: The Gaussman one is always going to be the, the great white whale for me that I'm going to wonder yeah. if they could have gotten him, if they could have made that work. And I know gaussman has been up and down since he got to the Braves,
1: but, but you know why, you know why that the Brewers were always in the uphill battle for that though. Right? Well, I know that they were going to be asked to take on money. Well, no, I don't mean that. I mean, in terms of the international slot, I mean, anybody that was offering anything to the Orioles in that Gossman trade, everybody was giving international cap money coming back because the Orioles wanted to be able to, to spend it right on that Cuban outfielder, right? Right. And so the Brewers didn't have that to offer. And, you know, maybe if they would have waged a little bit, they could have gotten in the Gio Gonzalez trade that they could have sent some the other way. Um, but I think that's a big thing that people kind of miss out that it wasn't just those three players from the Braves. It was also a good chunk of international money going to go into Baltimore, too, because they.
2: Well, and there was also a bad contract that went back the other direction, too. And I understand that that was a point of discussion.
0: Okay, so that's going to do it for this week's show. You can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash tailgate. Patrons at the Ball & Glove level will receive the monthly Minor League Extra podcast. As always, follow us on Twitter at tailgate. You can submit questions to milwaukees.tailgate at gmail.com or through our Facebook page for Milwaukee's Tailgate Baseball Podcasts. And we also have the uh, Minor League Podcast coming up. Yep. So look for that. And also just uh, another quick reminder – uh, use mke tailgate as your promo code at the Carbon Four website, and you can get twenty percent off there. So uh, go and get some gear. Like I said, they got some some blue and yellow. You can kind of do uh, Brewers colors for the uh, playoffs here coming up. Hopefully, you can wear it to Miller Park. So uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and in the Google Play Store. You can leave reviews and help people find the podcast. So thanks for listening, and look for us again next week on Milwaukee's Tailgate.